Thank you for joining me today here on Bible Studies with Russ as we continue our series looking at Haunted. As we looked at before, we looked at in our previous lesson, Haunted by Doubt, and then before that, Haunted by Fear, and then we began with Haunted by Regret. Today we're going to continue by looking at Haunted by Hurts. In Psalm 6, looking at verses 6 and 7, the Bible says, I am weary with my groaning. All night I make my bed swim. I drench my couch with my tears. My eyes waste away because of grief. It grows old because of all my enemies. Hurts are things we all have and will continue to experience at various points in our lives. What causes hurt? How can we overcome hurt? And why can you be haunted by hurt? We first want to look at some causes of hurt. If you want to go ahead and turn with me in your Bibles to Psalm 116. Psalm 116. And we think about what are some causes of hurt? Well, the first one that comes to mind is the loss of a loved one. The loss of life is never easy to handle. However, knowing God, knowing how God feels should give us hope. In Psalm 116, looking at verse 15, the Bible says, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. It is very difficult to when we lose a loved one who is a faithful Christian, we think about their, maybe we think about their influence in our lives, the influence they've had on others, their strong dedication to the truth, and we think about how much we're going to miss them. Yet we commonly hear the phrase, and rightfully so, that they have gone on to their reward. And we find here in verse 15 that in the sight of the Lord, it is the death of His saints is precious. And the Lord wants us to to when this life is over to dwell with Him, and with Christ and with all the faithful. And so we want to think about that and remember that when we lose a loved one. You know, it's sad. It's even harder when we, someone passes away who is not a Christian. The Bible also tells us the Lord takes no joy in the loss of those who die outside of, of, of faithfulness, who are not being obedient to God, who have never obeyed the gospel. The Lord takes no joy in that. But we must remember that in times such as that, we must think about many times the good times we had with that individual, but also remind others that we don't want to follow the same path they chose in life. No, we want to follow the path that ends with God looking at our death as a faithful saint, as something that is precious. Let's not be those who who are swayed by the loss of loved ones, whether they be faithful or unfaithful. Other causes of hurt are marital issues. If you look at Proverbs chapter 5, in Proverbs chapter 5, and we're going to begin here in verse 20 in just a moment, you know, unfaithfulness, it would seem, is on the rise, not just in our nation, but around the world. You think about how marital unfaithfulness is depicted in movies, in television shows, in magazines, even even we find those children movies today, children shows where a, a, a child's parents are pictured as divorced or separated, whatever the case may be. Friends, just because those things are pictured as the norm in, the, in, in those situations doesn't mean we should be those who just accept it. We have to remember that those types of things can be avoided. If, when the biblical principles we find uh, throughout Scripture are, are applied to our lives. You know, there are those today who are living outside the body of Christ because their marital situation is not, is not correct. You know, you cannot be involved in an unscriptural marriage, as we find in Matthew chapter 19, and still be pleasing the sight of God. Look at Proverbs chapter 5, beginning in verse 20. 
Here the Bible says, For why should you, my son, be enraptured by an immoral woman? He goes on to say in verse 21, For the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he ponders all his paths. His, his own iniquities entrap the wicked man, and he is caught in the cords of his sin. He shall, lie, he shall die for lack of instruction, and in the greatness of his folly he shall go astray. It's interesting how many times the Bible points out that individuals will die because of their ignorance of, of the truth and their unwillingness to apply the truth of God's word. And we find here, if you look here, we find here in Proverbs chapter 5, looking at verse 20, you notice the King James doesn't use the word here of an immoral woman. It says, who it uses the idea here of a strange woman in verse 20. Strange in the sense that she is not his spouse. We find here in verse 21, the Bible says, For the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he ponders all his past. Why would we act in such ways, knowing the Lord sees all that we do? Verse 22 tells us, His own iniquities, his own iniquities entrap the wicked man, and he is caught by the cords of his sin. You know, how sad it is that we fail to realize that God is always watching us, and that yes, it is our own sins that will entrap us, we remind in verse 23, he says here, he shall die for lack of instruction. The King James says he shall die without instruction. The idea here is that he doesn't, the reason he's doing these things because he is ignoring God's word. Some say he may, maybe doesn't have instruction. You know what's interesting though, we find in verse, here we look here in Proverbs 5, verse 20 through 23, this man is spoken of as being condemned. So whether we look at it as being he doesn't have instruction or he is, or he is lacking it in the sense that he just doesn't understand yet, well, we find still that he is condemned. You find here in verse 23, and in the greatness of his folly, he shall go astray. Sin is such a huge problem in the, in the lives of every single person today. We must realize, as, as we reminded throughout Scripture and over and over again, that the cure is always the same, repentance. Confessing those things to God. But no doubt, as we look here at like causes of hurt, we find the loss of loved one, no doubt, is a cause of hurt. It's understandable. Marital problems can be a, can be a source of great hurt. It's interesting that the Old Testament also talks about merit, merit, the marriage bond and the person who's unfaithful as if they are dealing treacherously with one another. We find also that another source of great hurt could be brought on by friends or hurt brought on by family, even hurt caused by some brethren. You know, the list of what causes hurt can go on and on. You know, one of the things that I've thought about over the years is, and maybe not everyone will appreciate this, but you know, one of the greatest source of encouragement is without a doubt the brethren. But also one of the greatest sources of hurt can be the brethren. Let's go together to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. We want to look at why hurt can haunt you. Hurt can haunt, or, and hurts rather, plural, hurts can haunt people because the pain is real. The pain of losing a loved one is very, very real. The pain of betrayal or various other marital problems can be very, very real. The pain that caused by our so-called friends, our family, or even some of our brethren is very, very real. No doubt it hurts more than anything else when someone who is close to you turns against you. 
Look, at, with, look with me to Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 3. The Bible says, A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. There is a time to end things. And there is a time to heal and restore. There is a time that we can and should weep over the loss of loved ones. Weep over hurts of wherever the source may be. But friends, we can't allow hurts to rule our life and to bring, make our life just completely miserable on a daily basis. We have to, at some point, move on. And notice how it's worded here in Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 3. A time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, and a time to build up. You know, when you think about these words, a time to break down, a time to build up, I don't think we're talking about physical things, about tearing things down. But sometimes we have to realize we have to tear down before we can start again. We have to go through that grieving process. We have to deal within our mind and with our hearts the various hurts that come upon us in this life. We have to determine to build up, to start again, to keep moving forward as a faithful servant of God. Healing doesn't always mean an end of hurt, but acceptance and, and, and moving forward. True healing comes from the great physician. As we look at Ecclesiastes, excuse me, not Ecclesiastes, look at Psalm 6, rather. Looking at Psalm 6 and looking here at verse 2 of Psalm 6, notice these words. Here the Bible says, Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am weak. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are vexed. Reading from the King James there. The New King James words that heal says, Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am weak. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are troubled. We think about this idea. We think about how we are troubled in this life. And notice the term there, heal, heal is being used. How he references himself as being weak, needing to be healed, how his bones are troubled. Things, terms are used many times when talking to our physician. We say we feel weak for this reason. We need some healing. How do we heal this problem in our bodies? And we talk about our bones for various reasons. And we find here in verse 2, this idea is not his literal bones are troubled, but that he is troubled as a whole. His body, his mind, his mental state is troubled or vexed. Well, who provides that healing? The Lord does. He says in verse 2 of Psalm 6, Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am weak. Healing doesn't always... Uh, you know, come easily, but it is something that is, that is very possible in our lives. Look at Mark chapter 2. Looking at Mark chapter 2, looking here at verse 17. The Bible says here, When Jesus heard it, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. They did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Now notice in verse 17 here, Mark 2, he talks about how those who are well do not need a physician. That is, those who are living righteously don't need to, re basically the idea, they don't need to repent if they're following God. But, of course, when they sin, they do. We find here in verse 17, it goes on to say, but those who are sick. And he says, I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. You notice he uses the word I there in, in verse 17, and also the word physician, because he's referring to himself as the physician. Christ is that physician. He is the one who is healing the sick. He is the one who is healing the spiritually sick. We also reminded here in Psalm 147, looking at Psalm 147 and looking at verse uh, 3 here, going through verse 6, we find these words, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He counts a number of the stars and he calls them all by name. How great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding is infinite. 
The Lord lifts up the humble. He casts the wicked down to the ground. The Bible reminds us who provides healing. We find here it is the Lord. He, in verse 3, is a reference to God. He heals the brokenhearted. He binds up their wounds. He counts the number of the stars and calls them all by name. What is this, a reference to this calling them all by name? That means the Lord knows us all very well. We find in verse four, verse 5, rather, great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding is infinite there in verse 5. And so we find here, as we look at Psalm 147, verse 5, the Lord understands all of our troubles, all of our problems, all those things we're dealing with. Understanding doesn't mean he overlooks them, allows us to continue in them. No, the idea is he understands that there are hardships in life that we are trying to overcome. In verse 6, the Lord lifts up the humble. Notice this also in verse, verse 6. He casts the wicked down to the ground. The Bible provides the healing we need because it provides the words of the only one who provides true healing and strength, and that is God. Why can hurt haunt you? We look at, we've looked at so far some causes of hurt. we looked at overcoming hurt, how a healing is a must, how true healing comes from the great physician. And now, why can hurt haunt you? You know, hurt haunts people because the pain is so very real, like we mentioned before. Pain and hurt are not pleasant. They are feelings that hinders and pull, pulls us down. And they are feelings that hinder and pull down anyone. Real pain and real hurt needs a real answer, which is Christ and His Word. Too many people today look to pills instead of to Christ for the answer. Too many look to the bottle instead of the source of living water. Hurts haunt because of a lack of trust and understanding. Doesn't mean that it's wrong for us to have hurt in our lives, but friends, it shouldn't be that which is ruling over us. You know, I'll go back to Cain and Abel. When Cain has the opportunity to sin and to kill Abel, to harm him, before he does so, the Lord points out very clearly, sin lies at the door and desires for you. Remember what else he tells, tells him? But you should rule over it. Friends, we can't overcome hurt in our lives. There's nothing wrong to have hurt, to find that source of healing and way to overcome it, and to keep living day to day. Friends, think about this. Our loved, would your loved ones really want you to live in misery? No, they would not. Does the Lord want you to live in misery? No, He does not. The Lord wants us to overcome whatever may be hurting us and to continue to be a faithful servant of His each and every day, not allowing various hurts to bring us down. Hurts can continue to hurt because of a lack of trust that comes from being hurt. Maybe because we've been hurt in some way in which it causes us to be unable to trust others. Friends, we have to allow others in at times. doesn't mean we do not have a time of healing and try to rebuild that sense of trust, even in our own mind, that, others are, that not everyone out there is going to take, take advantage of us or hurt us in some way. The key to overcoming this hurt is understanding what has happened. This doesn't mean condoning it or ignoring it. It means deciding to move forward. Sometimes we have to remember we need to repent, and we need to, uh, we need to allow others to repent and, and forgive them and forgive others who may have sinned against us if that's a source of hurt. Choosing to accept, forgive if necessary, and rebuilding is how, how we can overcome various hurts that come into our lives. Consider this. A broken bone cannot heal properly until it is set in its proper place. Hurt and pain cannot end until we set things in order and desire to heal. Healing cannot take place unless we want it to happen. 
Sometimes we forget that it's, it's, that it's possible for those who have caused the hurt to be hurting from their lapse of judgment as well. You know, just because we're hurt by others who have done things to us and we, are, we have forgiven them of that doesn't mean that they too are not hurting. You know, it hurts to be hurt by others and also hurts to hurt others. Have you considered who has endured the most hurt? It wasn't you or me, but it was Christ. The hurt that Christ endured, he had to endure because of all mankind. We were reminded in Isaiah 53. Before we think we know hurt, consider he who experienced the most, not just physically, but mentally. We think about how many times Christ saw those who listened to him, shook their heads, and walked away. Do we think that hurt? Love truly is the answer. And Christ, God the Father, are the greatest examples of love that mankind has ever seen. We were reminded of this in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, and 1 John 4, and verse 16. Friends, let's remember that there are a lot of things that can cause hurt in our lives, and we should not allow those things to take over our daily lives. Instead, as we have said before, friends, let us be those who instead choose to accept what has happened, to forgive when necessary, and to rebuild so we can remain a faithful servant of God.